0: Hi, everyone. This is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Carolyn Shelby, who's the Director of SEO at the Tribune Company. Thank you, Carolyn, for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: So I know that you were one of the speakers at our SEJ Summit event in Chicago that happened on April 15th. Um, thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's no problem. It was, it was a great time.
0: I know that you had talked about website upgrades that don't leave Google behind. So I kind of wanted to delve into that a little bit further for our audience members who didn't get to attend the event.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so what? it's okay. I have. I just have a couple questions if we want to go through that. Sure. Okay. So, uh, like I said, your summit presentation was discussing uh, website upgrades that don't affect. Serps, which is search engine rank, uh, search engine ranking results on pages. Are there any horror stories you've heard of when it comes to uh, platform upgrades?
1: Yeah, you know've I've actually witnessed a few catastrophes in my day. Um, one of the one of the bigger catastrophes I ever saw was someone who was taking a website and I believe it was in I want to say it was in Joomla. Um, but I don't, or it might have been WordPress. I don't specifically recall, but they were moving to Drupal. And for some reason, because they had the ability to arbitrarily set their paths for the pages, someone decided that they would keyword stuff, the URLs. So they would make up URLs for every page and put in a zillion subdirectories just so they could squeeze in more keywords. So if it was a page about, let's say, scoliosis, um, It would be the website.com slash back pain slash spine curvature slash, you know, curved spine slash genetic disease slash scoliosis, (laughs) you know, and it would just, every single one was unique and there was no, there was no pattern to the URL structure. When there's no pattern to the URL structure, A, that it was, it was crappy URL structure in the first place or there's no, there's no reason we would have kept that to transfer it to the mm-hmm. new site. However, because there was no pattern or rhyme or reason to how they were set up, we had to write a one-to-one redirect from the old URL to the new URL for 3,000 different URLs. Wow. When you keep your URLs, when your URLs have a, a systematic naming to them, you can take things like, all right, take this entire direct, you know, website.com slash spine problems, let's say, Keep the variable for the actual file name and everything that's in there, let's redirect that carrying over the, the variable to this different directory. That's easy. You know, depending on how many directories you have, you, your HTXs file is maybe going to be 10 lines long, right? Not 3,000. So that was one of the, the more painful uh, upgrades that, that I've seen. I've seen some other ones, though, where they, you know, they'll change to a menu structure that you can't be crawled. Or one of the things that we had happen when we did our new our new platform last year was some very, you know, important things for Google News specifically to be aware of were no longer on the page. They were being delivered um, via SC or CSS, so that that people would see like the word "by" in the byline, mm-hmm. and the search engines would just see this random name floating out in the middle of nowhere. Um, or the date, the date was being inserted with CSS, and you couldn't you couldn't see it in the code. So one of the things that I, I really had to kind of beat the drum about was if when you view the source on the rendered code, if the word is not in the code, the search engines cannot see it. So you can't count on just because people can see it, then the bots can see it because it's not the way it works. You have to look at what's in the rendered code source. So that and the rend- rendered code versus source code that means two different things to developers when developers write code or source code it's the stuff that makes the web pages and before it actually makes the web page and outputs it it looks a lot different so what you need to look at as an SEO is the rendered output so that you're looking at exactly what the bots are going to have access to doesn't matter what happens on the back end internally. It matters what gets put out there on the web for people to access. Um, and I've seen things where they, you know, there's no H1s on the site suddenly or everything's an H1 suddenly. Oh, man. Um, you know, or there's no follows. It shouldn't be no follow. You know, it, no following everything in the footer might seem like a good idea except the links that are in the footer are generally links to important pages that you want the search engines to see. You know, follow those links, they're no followed everywhere, and suddenly you've got no internal link juice passing to every major section of your site. So, you know, there's, it doesn't take much to dramatically affect how the bots are reading your website, and you're already confusing them by changing things from the way that they were used to, to this new system, and then you're taking away big chunks of value that had been there prior Um you know, so it, it, it's a delicate it's a delicate procedure, and it's very easy yeah. to uh, to not do it right.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, anytime I've had a client in the past that wants to switch platforms, I already see all the things that could go wrong, and it's it's just one of those things that it's so easy for just a little you know you check a little option or something like that, and it completely messes up your site, and you have to go back through and fix it. I mean, it's just. A really um, I don't know, high pressure situation that you don't want to mess up.
1: you know, and there's some really there's some really common things that people do wrong when they're launching new sites too. and one of the things that I've seen the most frequent is when people launch new WordPress sites. I cannot tell you how many times someone's come to me a week after launch and going, I don't know what's happened. The site's just not in Google anymore. I you know we turn it on, everything looks fine. and wouldn't you know it? Guess what they forgot to turn off in WordPress? The oh. privacy settings.
0: Oh, man.
1: Like, seriously, you yeah. should check that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, there's, in WordPress, yeah, there's so many different options and customization in the WordPress backend. It's just mind boggling, especially if you feel like you don't know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And uh, I saw one site that they couldn't figure out why uh, certain characters were getting rendered strangely. And it didn't matter what they did, the characters got rendered in, in an ASCII equivalent. It was just, it was mm-hmm. annoying. It had been okay. happening for ages. And it was something that I would never would have thought to check, but I stumbled on it. In the settings, the format was set from, it, it's usually UTF-8, general. Everyone has mm-hmm. it set like that. For some reason, it was set to be uh, UTF-Swedish. Weird. Yeah, and I'm like, well, who does that? But I flipped it back, and everything was magically better. Um yeah, so those those settings in WordPress you have to make you have to double check them, yeah. and for God's sake, you have to turn the privacy off or the or <laughs> you're basically given the finger to Google every time they come by to try to index your new site,
0: yeah, definitely are there so kind of along those lines, are there any other common mistakes people make when they're upgrading to a different platform? I mean besides just checking the basic settings like the privacy
1: you know one of the biggest things that I see is people not making an effort to properly redirect their old URLs to their new URLs. You can't do a blanket redirect and say if if they come in if it comes in on a bad URL just send it to the homepage. That is the worst thing you should do. You should also not just 404 things that are deprecated. So if you had a page about pink widgets and you have a new page about pink widgets, you have to 301 the old the old URL to the new URL and yep. there's You know, a couple reasons why. One, it's a bad user experience if you don't. Two, a search engine needs to find that new page, and you want to preserve the value that you've accumulated in that first page. And you want to do that by transferring it to the new page, and that 301 is going to do that. Um, And you don't know who's been linking into that old page. There could be really valuable links. That's one of the reasons you should pull a backlink report before you do these things. If you have a link from Wikipedia or you have a link from, like, the National Institutes of Health, those are valuable links. You don't want to screw anything up by letting those links of all of the links on your site 404. So that's you know that's another hugely common thing that I see. Um, people forget to put in alt attributes for their images because they're in such a hurry to pull the images over that they just don't bother. That's not good. They, um, you know, designers have a have a propensity to use HTML elements as design elements rather than as contextual guides to convey the weight and importance of certain words. And they'll make your entire navigation like an H2 navigational terms should never be in, in header tags period, mm, Yeah. you know, just weird stuff like that, or there'll be no H1 on the site or every H1 on the site is the logo and it has no anchor text, just things that to SEOs would be like, DER um, <laughs> designers. They just don't think like we think. And that's why we have to go through and and basically run an audit of the new site before you turn the new site on.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, you know, when it comes to switching, people are just in a hurry to get it over with. They're not so much detail oriented. And that's why things fall through the cracks.
1: Well, that's the worst thing that I ever hear is it doesn't matter. We just need to launch it. We can SEO it later. Yeah. You cannot SEO it later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I agree. So, you know, if somebody is looking to make the process as painless as possible, are there any platforms or CMSs you would recommend that are the easiest to move to?
1: I don't think any one CMS is particularly better or or easier than any other. They're all they're all just they're systems that all do the same thing really. If you've got a programmer or a developer that knows how to work within the code, you're going to have a not difficult time making sure that, you know, your basic SEO fundamentals are met as long as your developer understands what those basics are. So, you know, it's a different story, I guess, if you don't actually know how to do any coding or programming in that case, I generally recommend WordPress to people just because it's so widely used. There's such a large development community and it's kind of, it's about as close to it what you see is what you get as you as you can get. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't accidentally download a free really bad theme. Yeah. Um, it, it all boils down to it doesn't matter what tool you're using, you have to know how to use it properly. So make sure if you do have a developer that you have thoroughly and accurately communicated to him or her exactly the things that you require in order to make this a successful launch. The H1 on, on interior pages must be the title of the document. The logo must not be the H1. The title must be like this. These are the plugins I require. You know, you, And sometimes it's like I shouldn't have to spell that out. But you do. Because ultimately it's your neck on the line. And you have to make sure that you've documented and communicated all of your SEO needs to the guy or gal who can affect those changes for you.
0: So do you think that that means that developers that are working with different clients, should they go out of their way to kind of get some SEO experience and knowledge? I mean, I would think that that definitely helped them when it comes to moving or creating sites.
1: Absolutely, because what's going to happen if you don't have that, some SEOs company is going to come by 10 seconds after you launch and be like, you have to rebuild the site because there's all these things wrong with it. And you're going to end up going back and, retrofitting the site that you just launched and your customers not going to want to pay for all that extra time it will save you time and save you money if you can build in the best practices from the get go and not have to do it after your customers complain to you about it
0: yeah i agree and i think it as a if i was a developer it make me stand out because you know as a freelancer i've worked with several different developers on behalf of clients and I'm still surprised and appalled almost at how many just don't have any knowledge of SEO at all.
1: Well, and there's a lot that have no knowledge of SEO but say they do. Oh, and then exactly. when, the, and when the SEO comes around and says, well, you got to fix this, you got to fix that. I already SEO'd it. You don't need to do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, saying you have SEO experience or, or you, you bake the SEO in is, is one thing, but you actually kind of need to do it right.
0: Yeah, I agree. And stay current with the current SEO best practices. I mean, maybe what was considered SEO, you know, even three to five years ago may not work now or even hurt the the client site.
1: Yeah, you know, if it's possible, if I were a development house, I'd have somebody on staff whose job it was maybe, you know, maybe they do some updates and they help out with the development a little bit. But their primary job is to keep up with the SEO stuff and kind of be the in-house SEO just just to give it a blessing before you launch it mm-hmm. so that you're not in a situation where you're having to go back and do make good work after it's launched because the clients realize that you know there's no alt attributes on any of the images or you know every single one of the navigation elements is an h1
0: Yeah, so besides, you know, those basic SEO with the H1 and the alt tags, are there, you know, maybe three to five things businesses should also be doing when it comes to making a platform switch um, in terms of SEO?
1: Well, if you're going to be making a platform switch at this point in time, you know, doing the switch and including HTTPS is probably pretty standard at this point. Um, if somebody is proposing that you switch that you go through the the hassle and pain of an upgrade and not do the https i would I would really have to question the the sanity of that there's no point in <laughs> there's no point in going through this pain just to do it again that's yeah. sort of like yeah go ahead and fix my heart you know we can go back in and fix my lungs on a different <laughs> surgery because I like being cut open you know it's it just doesn't make any sense. So there's that. Um, if you're switching to something, so it, de- it really depends on what you're switching to, I suppose. Um, switching to HTTPS is a good thing. Switching to uh, responsive... Naturally, I think everyone should be doing that. If you are switching to responsive and you go with uh, something like an infinite scroll, which is what we did recently, that gets a little trickier because you do have to make sure that the people that are developing your infinite scroll know how to make the URLs change. Um, Google provides some guidance on how to do that. We actually developed a different process for forcing the URLs to change. Um, but as long as the URLs are changing and they're the bots see definitive pages, not just endless possibilities, um, you should be okay with that. That being said, my experience with infinite scroll has been that it's a little bit harder to control the flow of the link love throughout your site, and depending on how your navigation structure is, it can be a little bit more difficult to to maintain that as well. Another thing that you, I don't think you should be doing um, when you change platforms is going to a three million item navigation bar, especially one that's at the top of the page. Um, I I had the, I guess, good fortune of working with a company that did a massive rebuild on a platform that they should not have even picked in the first place. Um, So, so, funny story. Um, They were going from a relatively... 1996 looking website to big fancy splashy new and they don't they didn't sell anything online so they kept saying we don't need e-commerce we don't need e-commerce but when you looked at it they had a 30,000 part list catalog that they were basically going to put online I'm like okay so what you have here is an e-commerce site that doesn't sell anything Uh no it's not e-commerce it's not e-commerce we don't sell anything like I understand that however if you look at the structure of what this needs to be it's an e-commerce site, and you just don't have selling turned on. No, 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 no. So someone talked them into buying Red Dot. Red Dot is proprietary. It doesn't even let you look at the database. I think it, the database is like Oracle or something like that. Like who does that? Oracle's expensive. Yeah. Uh, Red Dot costs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the license. Wow. And it's con—it's for content. It's a publishing platform. So we spent two years and millions of dollars building what should have been a pretty simple e-commerce site that just didn't have the pricing turned on so there was that choosing wow. the right tool for the right application that goes a long way but no one would back out of it because they were already they, they already spent so much money just getting the license never mind that we went you know a million and a half dollars over budget so there was that the nice. um the other exciting part, though, was this massive menu that the developers that were making all this money to beat Red Dot into submission to turn it into something that it's not uh, sold them on, which was a menu that literally linked to, like, everything in the catalog. So to show them that basically they now have a 30,000-page website of duplicate content, I printed out the, source, the view source mm-hmm. for just the home page. And it printed out to 60 sheets of paper.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: The first 59 were header navigation. What? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: How far down? How far down in that menu do you think the bots are going to crawl before they give up?
0: Yeah, I mean probably only the first few pages, I would think.
1: Yeah, and, and then they're like, "This all looks the same." I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, making sure that you're you're choosing the right the right tool for your application or the right platform for your application is vital. Make sure that you're going, you're switching to HTTPS because if you're going to go through the pain of doing this, you might as go all the way. You know, mm-hmm. just get it done, rip the Band-Aid off. Um, if you're gonna, you have to go to responsive. Everybody does at this point, right? Yep. Um, and if you're going to go infinite scroll, you just have to be really careful about making sure that those URLs change and that you're adhering, either doing it the way Google proposes or do it in a way that meets those requirements. And there's there's documentation about that all over the place. And then don't do anything dumb, like let someone talk you into just a ridiculous design element because no one else is doing it. Maybe no one else is doing it because it's bad.
0: Yeah. They're not doing it for a reason.
1: <laughs> right. You know, just because no one else is doing it doesn't doesn't necessarily make what you're doing great.
0: Yep, I agree. So, so kind of wrapping it up, I feel like sort of the lesson of the podcast today is if you don't know what you're doing, it might be best to hire somebody who has experience in switching but also has it at least either they themselves or have a team member that has a background in SEO.
1: Absolutely. And you know... It, there hiring a consultant can be expensive and i get that and for companies that don't have a lot of money at the very least buy an hour of a good seo's time and take them your your designs and what's been proposed for your site because in an hour a good seo can say this is what you had before this is what you're proposing to go to these are the pitfalls that i see these are the things you need to make sure you do and they can they can help you tremendously. They can point out the things that you're already, do, you know, the, the things that are already red flags. Like, oh my God, no! What are you thinking? And then they can give you some pointers and some, maybe some good questions to go back to your team with, or some good directives to go back to your team with. So it doesn't have to be an expensive proposition. An hour of a good SEO's time can range from you know 150 to 750 dollars, depending on who you get your hands on. But that would be money well spent because you don't want to go three times over your budget and a year over your your allotted time frame to end up with a product that you're going to have to rebuild again in six months.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, many companies are scared to spend that money, but it's definitely worth it to spend it on the front end versus having to fix something afterwards. Absolutely. So, All right. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Moving to a different platform and making sure that you don't affect your standings with Google and other search engines.
1: No problem. It was a good time.
0: Um, and everyone, if you want to attend one of our SEJ Summits, we're going to have more this year in London, New York, um, and Miami. Feel free to check it out at searchenginejournal.com slash Summit 2015. And again, this is Kelsey Jones and Carolyn Shelby. Thank you for joining us.
1: This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.